0: I just want to welcome you all out to Fat Tuesday. It is Fat Tuesday. I'm excited uh, about tonight's message. Um, I was told by a great friend of mine that I came in a little hot with uh, guns ablazing last week, so I'm going to try to take it down a notch. Um, it was all in in love. Everything that uh, I spoke on last week was from a place of love. Uh, I'm really passionate about the Word of God, and that passion flows through Um Uh, In a in a funny way, sometimes like I'm being harsh and I'm not. Um, I I love the body of Christ. And my hope is that we all mature uh, to where God wants us to be. Right. So I am Pastor Daisy, and this is Fat Tuesday, and I'm excited about this word. So I'm just going to get started. Welcome all, and for all of you all that will be uh, signing in or checking this out later, I just want to say welcome. That God has a plan for you. God, God wants and you to to prosper and be in good health, and I pray that this message finds you in great health. Um, so, I the, the reason for this message is I found recently where I hear a bunch of people now that we have access to Facebook Live, Instagram Live, all these live, you know, venues that you can come on and and absolutely state your case on whatever grievance you have in the world. But what I'm finding is that I find a lot of Christians uh, doing this as well and complaining about things that we're not supposed to be complaining about. And I was, I just, it just kind of, I found it funny that, um, we are the ones that are supposed to be setting the example and being the leaders and being the overcomers in the world. And, but we're the ones that are, have the, the biggest victim mentality, and it's not a bad thing. You just don't want to remain there. Okay, it is a bad thing. You don't want to remain a victim. God has, uh, has uh, called you out of darkness into the marvelous light to be a leader in this world and my the thing that I kept saying last week was why are you going to the world to get the the I guess whatever it is that you need you know when you go out when you go shopping when you go out when you go work when you go to work and and people don't greet you the way that, that you want to be greeted or people don't don't uh, give you a that a girl or a that a boy or whatever it is that you need why are you seeking that from the world so, based on, based on that, a simple command that we all forget, and it comes from John 15 and 9, and, it, and, and the command is, abide in my love. Let me, I'm, I'm going to read the whole scripture to you. And this is what it says, John 15, 9, and this is out of the New King James Version. As the Father loved me, I also have, have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So what he's saying is, is to abide in his love. What does that mean? What does abide mean? It means to live in, to settle down in, to take up residence in his love. And when you do that, what happens is, is you're not looking for anything outside for for you know, someone to, to give you that gratification that you need with a thank you or, uh, or a good evening or whatever it is that you need, you know, that you desire the world to give you, you don't, you're not looking for that because you're not going into the world to get something from them. You're going to take something to them. And that's the, the, the power of the anointing of God. You're taking his kingdom into the world. That, that, that was why I was really, you know, kind of frustrated. I do. I get frustrated with, with things when, when I hear people say, "Oh, well, I held a door open for them and they didn't say thank you. Who cares? Who cares? I want you to think about the reason why you're doing it. Are you doing it for the thank you or are you doing it out of the goodness of your heart? Are you letting people, I, I used this example last week, are you letting people over to get to get in front of you while you're driving down the interstate? Are you looking for that wave or are you just doing it out of the goodness of your heart? Why is it that you've got to get some type of, and, and yes, you should be thankful in all things, but why are we expecting that from a, from a place or from a people that still live in darkness? Does that make sense? All right, let me keep going. So my my next scripture is coming from John 15 and 16. I'm going to turn. And this is is what it said. I should have had it marked and I didn't, but it's okay. If you don't know where John is, there's a problem. So in John 15, it says, and I'm, I'm at verse 16, and it says this. And it says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I have appointed you. God chose you, and he appointed you, right? I'm in the Amplified translation, and it says, I have planted you that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing, and that your fruit may be lasting, that it may remain and abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name as, as presenting all that I am, he may give it to you. This is what I command you, that you love one another. So this is what he's saying. He's saying that when that residue of love is all over you, that you take that residue everywhere you go and you release it everywhere you are, everywhere, okay? Verse, verse 18 says this. He says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. So everything that you need is wrapped up in him. Everything that you need is in this kingdom. He says that when you seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, everything that you need will be given to you is what he said, right? We live in a kingdom. We operate, we should have a kingdom mentality We should have the the image and the likeness of God all over us because that's what he did. He called us and he formed us in his image and in his likeness. And he's not looking for us to look to the world to give us the love that we desire. So when you come home and from an encounter with people that don't know the love of God, your first thing shouldn't be, well, I'm going to do a Facebook Live and let everybody know how I was treated in this store. You should remember what Jesus said in, in, in John here. He says, if the world hates you, remember that they hated me first. So why are you seeking to get the, whatever it is that you think you need from the world? Why are you seeking that from them, the people that are still in darkness, because you expect people to love you the way God loves you and they don't because they don't know the love of God. I don't know why people still continuously govern themselves by how people act. This was a, a, a good dose of act right for me, seriously. We cannot allow what other people think about us, what they say about us to determine how we feel or act we have got to be consistent in this this love walk and and i'm talking to myself you know because i i sometimes allow people how people treat me and how what people think about me to determine you know how i feel or how and that's not what he said at all he's 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 called us to be a mature people he's called us you know god god is perfect in all that he does. And that perfect, that perfection is maturity. And that's what he's calling us to. He's not calling us to remain where we are. He's calling us to go from glory to glory to glory to grow, to grow, to, con- to, to continue to grow in his word. That's why he said, he says, I have not, he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and I have appointed you and I have planted you wherever you're at at this very moment. God planted you there, but he planted you there that you may bear fruit and keep on bearing fruit. And what happens is if we allow outside sources to determine, you know, what we're going to produce in our garden, there's a problem not with those people. It's a problem with us and that we have not found the maturity that God's calling us to, to walk in the love that he's calling us to. Not only walk in it, he said to abide in his love, John 15 and 9, abide in in his love, right? Abide to live in. And this is is the image that he's given us. I want you to think about it. I want you to think about that big plush chair or couch that you have at home and that really soft little throw that you have that when you scoot in and snuggle into your couch and you just feel so comfortable that you just fall asleep. That's what God wants for you. He wants you to rest in his love. He wants you to look at him as that one that you can go to, that you don't have to go outside yourself because God's already built you up. And he's already said so many things about you. He says that you're more than a conqueror. He says that you can do all things. He says that you are a mountain mover. He says that you can speak into the atmosphere. And in it will shift and change the atmosphere wherever you're at. You are made in his image and likeness. And there is nothing that God is looking for outside himself to make him feel a certain way. So why do we continuously allow people to make us feel a certain way? You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord on a daily basis. You've got to get in that mirror and speak to yourself. You've got to call yourself into alignment with his word and say that I am going to abide in his love. I'm going to walk in his love. I'm going to speak love. And it doesn't matter who loves me and who doesn't because they didn't choose you. God chose you. He called you. He purposed you to do great and mighty works. Don't allow outside sources that don't understand you to determine how you feel and that you need to do a rant on Facebook because somebody didn't speak to you or greet you at a store. Those people don't know the love of God. Stop seeking them for the love of God. God loves you, period, period. Does that, I, I, hope, I hope I'm coming across in a way that you understand that this is not to time. the time to be victims in this world. The world is, is, they're looking for leadership. They're looking for the body of Christ to rise up. And we can't rise up and not have God smeared all over us, the love of God smeared all over us. It doesn't matter if you're misunderstood. God understands you. He loves you. I'm going to keep moving. There's a, there's a scripture in John. John, I mean in Romans 8. I'm going to Romans 8. It's one of my favorite scriptures, and this was just one of those good old scriptures that gave me a good old dose of acrite. Every now and then we need a, a, a good dose of acrite. Am I right? Okay, Romans 8, and I'm going to verse 28 first. And this is what it says. It says, <clears throat> we we are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together. Uh, and are fitted into a plan for good. Um, and I'm going to read that one more time without the extra words in the amplified translation. And it says that we are sure to know that all things work together for good to and for those who what? Love God and are called, you're called according to his design and purpose. Now look, look. this is, this is the catcher here. Verse 29, for those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware of, and loved beforehand, before the foundation of the earth, he knew you. Before he put anything into action, he called you, he purposed you, before he Jesus even died, he loved you. And that's what I want you to tell yourself, that Jesus loves me. Before he even planted you in your mother's womb, he loved you. He had a purpose for you. He had a calling for you. So it doesn't matter what anyone thinks of you outside of the body of Christ, outside of your relationship, sometimes in the body of Christ, because sometimes in the body you get the most, you know, resistance, and it's all because there's not been a transformation in their hearts to understand the love of God. And you get in here, you get into the body, and you think that it is a place of, of, of co- competition, and then it's not. No one's in competition in this body. You shouldn't be anyway. You should be secure in your calling. You should be sec- secure that God chose you, and there shouldn't be a competition, period. You shouldn't get get beat up in the body of Christ, but I know it happens. And I know there's some of you that have been let down by the people that are supposed to love you the most. And what I'm saying is right now at this very moment, rise up, get up, wake up, wake up and return to your first love. God loves you. He cares for you. He's called you. He said that there is a a purpose and a design for you. This is what he's saying right here in this scripture right here. I'm in Romans 28, 29 through 31. And it says, you are sent here on assignment, right? You are sent here on assignment. God is on your side because he has breathed in you a force. of uh, The Ruach breath of God is on the inside of you, governing you, giving you life. So it shouldn't matter what anyone else thinks of you. He loves you. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you came from. I don't care uh, how many times you've messed up. You are forgiven and you are loved. So, all right. The verse, verse 29 says this. For those whom he foreknew... He also destined from the beginning, right, for ordaining them to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness, that is, that he might become the firstborn among many brethren, right? And then it goes on and it says, and those who Whom he thus foreordained, he also called, and those whom he called, he also justified, acquitted, made righteous, putting them into right standing with him. So if you're in right standing with him, who in the world can say anything to you to get you off course? So this is verse verse 29, I'm still on 29. And those whom he had justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity and condition or a state of being. Verse 31 is what I was getting to. And this is what it says. What then shall we say to all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, who can be against you? It doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what kind of sabotage they try to do to your life. God's for you. God loves you. God's called you. He preordained you to do a mighty work for his kingdom. So it doesn't matter what they think. Okay. It doesn't matter if you're misunderstood. It doesn't matter if, if, if they reject you, God has not rejected you. God's called you, he's purposed you, and he's got a good work for you to return to. As, as, you know, one of my best friends said, you know, and that's, you know, Lozada, Mama Lo, you know, she says, it don't matter what crazy people say or do, God still loves you. Do what you're called to do. You got a call and you got a purpose in this church. You just keep on doing I'm like, it, that woman always trying to kick knowledge to somebody. I'm sorry. I said trying. She is always kicking knowledge because she's able to see the big picture. And when we start focusing on the small things that people are doing or not doing, then we miss the mark that God's calling us to. God does not want us to miss his mark. He wants, did Jesus stop and say, mama, did you hear what they were saying about me? Mama, no. He had a, he had a vision, he had a purpose and he kept moving forward in it and he didn't let anything delay him. He didn't let anything set him back, right? He's, the Bible says to lay aside all those things, all those, every weight that easily besets you lay it aside. Stop allowing it to drag you down. Just keep your eyes on the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And guess what? You're going to accomplish everything that he's called you to accomplish, right? I'm going to keep going uh, because I want to finish this, this out. I didn't throw this up there. So Preston probably doesn't have this locked and loaded up, but it's verse 35. And it says, who shall ever separate us from Christ's love? Shall suffering or affliction or tribulation or calamity or distress or persecution or hunger or destitution or peril or sword. Even as it is written for thy sake, we are putting to we are put to death all the day long. We are regarded and counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet verse 37, yet amid all these things, we are what more than conquerors. We are. You are more than a conqueror. You are not a victim. There is not a scripture in here that says that you are a victim. There is not a scripture in here that says that you should take all the criticism and all those things that people say about you and let that, you know, stifle you from moving forward. Not one scripture. Not one. So, verse 38 says this. For I am persuaded... Beyond doubt, I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things impending or threatening nor things things to come nor powers nor height nor death nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that will separate you from the love of God, nothing So, it doesn't matter if you're received when you walk into a grocery store or into work or into school or into any marketplace. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter if they receive you or don't receive you. Nothing will ever be able to separate you from the love of God. Nothing, nothing. You are, nothing will nullify what God's called you to do, nothing, absolutely nothing. So I'm going to reiterate one more time. To be an overcomer in this walk, you have to know and understand how much God loves you. And you have to bask in that love. He said, his simple command, remember this. He says, abide in my love. Abide, live in Settle down in my love. Take up residence in my love and you will not be shaken in anything that you do. Amen? Okay. I hope you guys got something from that. Um, I, I gave you all um, homework last week and I'm going to give you homework again. Study how much God loves you and that how much he loves you He put that same love, that agape love, on the inside of you in your heart. He says the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. So it's in you to give God's love under any circumstance. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you're not out there to receive. You're out there to give. Amen. Thank you all for joining me Um, this Tuesday. It's Taco Tuesday. It's Fat Tuesday. I love Tuesdays. So I'm going to close out with a quick prayer. And that prayer is this, that you will awaken to the love of God that he has placed on the inside of you and that you will bask in the love of God and abide in the love of God and take up residence in the love of God. I decree it, I declare it in Jesus' name, amen. God bless and I'll see you all next Tuesday. To Preston, thank you for all you do. You are truly a blessing.